Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Patrick Gabridge, the writer of Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore, today's episode, and you're listening to Gather by the Ghost Light. Holiday greetings and welcome back to Gather by the Ghostlight, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And it's the holiday season, and I hope whatever holiday you celebrate this month is jolly and festive and all the wonderful things that you want it to be. Now, before we get started, I do have a few quick announcements. Uh, The first being that this is the last episode of Gather by the Ghost Light for 2023. That's right, we're coming back full throttle again after the new year in January with plenty of new plays written by kick-ass playwrights. There's going to be more live events and all kinds of other cool things just for you. And speaking of live events, you have less than two weeks to submit your script to our inaugural Off-Broad Street Short Play Festival. Now, that live event will be in April 2024, at Le Chad Noir Theater in Augusta, Georgia. Now, the deadline to submit is December 31st, so don't delay. Quit sitting around being jolly or whatever it is you're doing and submit your script. I know there are a lot of great writers that are listening right now, so head over to gatherbythegostlight.com to get all the details on that. And now, today, at this time, in this moment, we are about to rock out to the second part of the annual fourth-time-ever festive Christmas die-hard holiday special, Extravaganza! And on the menu today is a comedic play written by Patrick Gabridge called Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore. You are about to meet two parents who are currently doing their annual Santa Claus duties for their son on Christmas Eve. Wrapping presents, filling the stockings, leaving the glass half full of milk with some cookie crumbs sprinkled on the plate. You see, they just never got around to telling their son that Santa Claus isn't real. The only problem with that is their son is now a 30-year-old man. Now, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore, written by Patrick Gabridge. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. Better do my duty. That's a lot of cookies. Mm, Santa has a powerful appetite. 
And a belly like a bowl full of jelly. Full of cookies. Seriously. Where's your Christmas spirit? Mine? You're the one who thinks that we but should... But here we are. You win. And you get cookies. <sighs> Dad? What are you doing? Just... Just, uh... Um... Hey, Mom. <clears throat> why are you messing with my stocking? I... Uh, well, I was just going to... Did Santa come early? Oh, exactly. Uh, you just missed him. Oh, wow. And he was so generous. Look at all those great presents. And he even said your father could have his cookies. That's so hard to believe. They're really good cookies. So why don't you go back to bed, dear? I was just going to hang this up. Oh, I won't be able to sleep now. Can I just see what he gave me? Tomorrow. Please. You heard me. Okay. Good night. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jeffy. This is insane. I think it's sweet. He's 30 years old and still believes in Santa. We said we'd let him figure it out on his own. For most kids, that doesn't get them past age 12. Oh, it's not hurting anything. I blame myself. Those those early years of making little ashy footprints around the fireplace and, and reindeer tracks on the lawn and, 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 the, and the notes and the letters and, and the cookies and half-drunk glasses of milk. It was all for fun and love. Isn't that what it is? A, a great big symbol of unbridled generosity and love. What's wrong with believing in that? Because it's a symbol. It, it's not real. At, at some point, there comes a time when... I mean, what about this Peterson girl he's dating? Does she know that he still believes in... Still believes in what? Uh, nothing, honey. You should get some sleep. You know, I've been wondering... Yes? Well... Ah, nothing. Uh, go ahead and ask. We'll answer. No, no, that's, that's, that's okay. I'll just go back to bed. There's no Santa. You are a very bad man. It's been me and Mom this whole time. That's impossible. We agreed to wait. He was never going to ask. Seriously? Well, where's your workshop? You're here right now. If you were Santa, you'd be out delivering presents all around the world. No, it's... The other parents are in on it, too. They all do it for their own kids. See? You mean there's a gigantic worldwide conspiracy where hundreds of millions of parents conspire to dupe their children into thinking there's a magic elf who delivers gifts, then buys extra presents, put up stockings, and tells stories about the North Pole and reindeer? All carefully aligned? <laughs> Under whose coordination? Coordination. You're telling me that an effort like this just happens and that somehow everyone knows and how and when to do this? Pretty much, yeah. How is that even possible? The scope of it is just, just mind-boggling. I Next year, let's say the Easter Bunny. Same deal. What are you doing? Let's get it all out. Is it every holiday? Thanksgiving? The pilgrims didn't do so great by the Indians. Native Americans. It was the start of a massive genocide, actually. Started with Columbus. Not Columbus Day. Christopher Columbus, who sailed the ocean blue. And killed a couple of million Arawaks on the island of Haiti. All of them, actually. I want a divorce. And our real last name is Steinberg, not Smith. Racial redlining was invented by the government. Bush did not defeat Al Gore. JFK cheated on his wife. The NSA listens to our phone conversations. Supermodels have pores in their skin. Dumbledore is gay and also fictional. Mr. Peterson is your real father. What? What? So you really should not be dating Jane. Oh. And you. You know how much you like that deli scene from when Harry met Sally? Oh, come on! I'm a much better actress than Meg Ryan. That can't be true. You seem so proud of yourself. And those spa weekends I said I spent with my sister? Were like the fishing trips I supposedly took with Jerry? Oh. I can't believe you lied to me. For so long. Seems like we have a talent for it. We just wanted you to be happy. It's a cold, miserable world out there, buddy. And we wanted to protect you from it as long as we could. 
Supermodels really have pores. Just like the rest of us. And racial segregation? Didn't happen all by itself. And a tooth fairy? Mom has a whole bag of your teeth. Ew. What? What am I supposed to do, throw them in the trash? I'm not sure what's real anymore. Me neither. You really want a divorce? I'll be from a broken home with no Santa. I don't know. Can we... Can we just go back to to how things were? I, I'll try harder. Whatever it takes. Really? Hello? We're talking about Santa here. You are. We're not. I'm having an existential crisis. Oh, honey. You need to get a job, move out, and stop believing in Santa Claus. But, but Mom... Jeffrey, 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 Jeffrey. What took you so long to even wonder? I love the magic of Christmas morning. The way the entire world glows with love and possibility. I want that feeling to last every second of every day. I mean, what kind of person wants to poke their fingers through the shiny scene to touch the dark and dirty pieces behind it? Well, someone has to pay the price for all those things you choose not to see. I don't care. I want the magic. We all do. How about just on Christmas? We can go back to... Tomorrow morning. Let's just act like nothing ever happened, okay? One more time. I don't know. I suppose it wouldn't hurt. Well, if that works for you. It might. I don't know. But the rest of it. Message received. Loud and clear. Job, apartment. Don't change. But tomorrow morning? Okay. Really? Thanks! And next year, I'll do the stockings for both of you. It's like I'll actually become Santa. It's crazy. Good night. Oh, there he is. Merry Christmas, buddy. Good night, dear. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas time was drawing near. I had everything in order. A run we shoveled for the deer with lights around the border. Cookies laid out and stockings hung. That was Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore, written by Patrick Cambridge. It was performed by Marion Thibodeau as the mom, Chris Bailey as the dad, and Michael Silvio Fortino as Jeffrey. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So with me now is the writer of the story you just heard. He's a playwright based in Massachusetts. He has written many plays that have been produced around the world, and he's also written novels, and he's helped start several theater companies, and many of his fellow playwrights know him as the creator of the online Playwrights Binge. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patrick Gabridge. Patrick, how are you? I am great. Really nice to see you here, and I really appreciate uh, being part of the, the lineup again. It's always fun to be part of it. Yeah, this is actually your your third time on this podcast. Uh, I believe last time you were here was uh, two years ago with uh, with a holiday play called North Pole Noir. And uh, yeah. now you're back with another Christmas-themed play, uh, which is a fantastic little play called Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore. But before we dive into that, uh, what have you been up to? I know you've been you've been a very busy guy doing working with a lot of your different theater companies. So tell us what's going on in your life right now. So I run a company called uh, Plays in Place, and we specialize in creating site-specific plays in partnership with museums and historic sites um, and other institutions. So it's not all history plays, but mostly. So yeah, we've got three big projects coming up next year, two of which are productions that will be returning. One was at Old North Church in Boston, another one at Historic Northampton, where I live, and then we're doing a big play in the Massachusetts State House. We just got permission to finally produce this play. Um, it's set in the Senate chamber of the Massachusetts State House, and we'll get a very limited run there, but very exciting. So that keeps me busy. Very cool. So with Plays in Place, do you do a lot of the writing or do you have uh, guest writers that come on and, and write the scripts for you or anything like that? Uh, both. I do a lot of writing for it, um, but not every not every play, not every project. So uh, I think we're working with eight different writers this year. Um, so in various stages, we have, uh, five or six projects in different stages of development right now. Very cool. So with that, do you pull a lot of your writers locally or do you do like a submission thing for, uh, for people that want to write for it? I know it plays in place that has to do with the area you live in, right? Or am I right. It has to do with the, the plays that we make, these site specific plays are really grounded in the spot where it's at. So it could be a historic cemetery or an old church or that has when they're rooted, rooted in history for sure. Um, so I would say we have mostly worked with local writers. I think as we branch out to do plays in other areas, we will start reaching out to other writers. We don't have a submission process. If writers wanted to work with us, they would need to let us see their work in some way, not send me a script, but say, (laughs) hey, I've got a production going on here. Um, We build everything from the ground up. So sometimes people say like, oh, I have an Emily Dickinson play. You live out near Amherst. We could do that. I'm like, no, we we work with the companies, the institutions and commission new work. So everything is on commission is commissioned. So which is great because we're actually paying writers to make these things. That is awesome. Now, there's a a script you wrote uh, that that everyone just heard. It's called Santa (laughs) Doesn't Live Here Anymore. And uh, and a little bit of trivia um, back in 2017, I actually saw this play on stage in the Inspirato Theater in Toronto, oh, wow. Canada. Yeah, uh, wow, which just closed. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, you, um, I believe you actually, the play won the audience favorite award or it, it won something that for that festival, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I, I, that's uh, that sounds right. I, uh, <laughs> no, one of, one of the, yeah, I think that one won an award in Sparato. And I think I went out, I went out to see that one too. Maybe we might have crossed paths. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was there because uh, I, I traveled there because one of my own plays was in the festival. Um, and while I was there, I got to see all these other great works. And Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore was was one of the ones that stood out to me. And it's one that, you know, obviously I've been thinking about it for years because <laughs> here I am now recording these audio plays. And that was one that uh, I remembered and I read through the script again. I was like, yeah, this would be a great audio play. Let me get in touch with Patrick about, <laughs> about putting this one on. Um, so tell us, so how, how did this play come about? Was it uh, a lot of playwrights write from prompts uh, or was this just a story? Was it based on a real life experience or, or how did it work for you? Um, I will say it was inspired by a real life experience okay. um, in that I have two kids. They're grown now, but definitely one of them wanted to be a believer for a long time. <laughs> um, and I think we were of the philosophy of, you know, when they figure it out, they figure it out. We're not going to tell them. So, and I had been raised that same way. And I was also like that as a kid, I was like, I'm not in a hurry, you know, and your <laughs> yeah. friends start talking. You're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it. You know, it's kind of like, ah, no, no. Um, so no, I could definitely relate. So I just, it was just one of those things where, well, what if it just went a little bit longer? And then, then the question is, well, if we tell ourselves stories about this, what else are we telling stories about? And so, <laughs> and how does that affect your family? And what does that mean? So it's a dark, it's a weird play that's a lot darker than it seems on the surface. Yeah, I really like how it starts off as just Santa. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, Thanksgiving? Wait, the Easter Bunny? And it also all these other holidays just start. So you put all these different layers on it. It was just, uh, it's very comedic. Um, and at the time we're recording this, we're actually performing the stage version of this play in my hometown of Augusta, Georgia, along with some other great little holiday plays. Um, but yeah, and, we, and, and it's the same cast that recorded the audio are the ones performing it on stage. And so we opened the show last night and it was so well received. There were so much, so many laughs at your play along with, with the others. And, uh, and we got, we got two more performances. It's, it's all going great. I just thank you for giving us this great play <laughs> to produce and entertain our people in Augusta, Georgia. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing it with them. I'm really always up happy for this to reach an audience for sure. So and so for you, a serious question, when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? That's a good question. Um, I mean, late, like either like fourth or sixth grade kind of kind of late. Yeah. And, and right. like you said, it's one of those things where, you know, I kind of am suspicious, but I don't really want to push it yet. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I'd had experiences as a young child where, um, like, I remember very, very distinctly, um, I don't know, I must have been five or six staying at my grandparents' house and, like, in the middle of the night waking up at, like, midnight and heard, like, a little jingle bell out in in the room. And I was, like, I was frozen, paralyzed, because I was, like, oh, my God, he's here. And and I I can't see him because that'll that if that you know that's against the rules clearly yeah. like I shouldn't even be hearing him and I remember like it was like that was a moment like I believed I was like oh wow something happened and I don't know if it was my grandparents or parents or something but I was like oh yeah and my parents were good about you know the notes and the cookies and milk and all that stuff and I took over so I have a younger sister who's three and a half years younger and 
once I kind of was in high school and knew, I think our family kind of never spoke about who does Santa stuff, but it became my job. Like I would set my alarm at 5.30 in the morning, get up and fill the stockings before my sister got up and before everybody had, and for everybody. Um, so I just took it on for myself. Right. But it was something you wanted to do. It wasn't an obligation. Yeah. It's not like. No, 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 were, no. I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the one who, my parents probably thought I was crazy. Um, I was like, <laughs> no, I'm going to do this. I want to, I want this magic to continue. There, see. And, and I, so the the character Jeffrey, uh, the 30 year old, that believes it, he, I, I see that in you, the way, the yeah. way you explain <laughs> that, um, how you wanted the magic to continue, because that's one of his yeah. monologues towards the end. Uh, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so, uh, like a lot of people listening, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have heard of you and some haven't, but all of your fellow playwrights know who you are. And that is because <laughs> the, anyone I ever talked to you, it's like, oh, Patrick Gay, but yeah, I know Patrick because you launched the online, play, uh, the online playwrights binge, which every playwright I know is a part of this. And um, is I guess it's like two months a year where we all get together. We all share submission opportunities and we all are submitting to all the totally overwhelming all these theaters taking submissions. <laughs> um, but so tell us how that started and how it evolved to what it is today. Uh, Cause I think it started off much smaller scale in the beginning, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So it started um, some 20 years ago. Uh, I had, I had heard um, some news story about a town that all decided to lose weight together. And so it was kind of like this collective goal and a lot of collective response, you know, reporting so that everybody felt a sense of accountability. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, uh, I've been I had at one time published a marketing newsletter for playwrights for quite a while. And I was like, I, so I've always been interested in helping playwrights market their work. But I was kind of like, wow, what if we did something like that? But for writers and we just get a group of people together. And I already was was part of like an AOL chat, like weekly or biweekly around playwrights. And I was like, hey, what if we do this and just pool our resources? And I think there's about a dozen of us. And we're like, we're just going to build the accountability. And so we're just going to send out something and report back to the group. Today, I sent something. And then it grew and it was all just email lists for a while, for quite a while till it became a Yahoo group some years in, probably four or five years in. As it grew, there was a story about it in the Boston Globe that caught some attention. So all of a sudden it went from 30 people to 200 people. Um, and it's, and just to let viewers know, like it's free. Like it doesn't cost anybody anything to join. It's a very supportive online community. And I, it kind of became that way from the beginning and that we're kind of all doing something, even though we're competing. We're still working together and building that sense of camaraderie and community was really helpful. And I think it just was a rare online community that stayed really positively focused. I mean, there's dust ups that happen and it's pretty simple to manage on my end. So it wasn't like I needed to get paid to do it. Right. I could just manage this group. Takes a little bit of time. We are on a different platform now, but again, it's pretty cheap. So people donate every once in a while. Um, but yeah, and now it's evolving. It what what happened was it went from a you know a dozen people to now it's thirteen hundred people around the world, which has become a minor problem. <laughs> <laughs> In that, like you said, we overwhelm companies sometimes, and uh, also the market has changed for uh, submission opportunities over the last few years. The pandemic, a lot of theaters have closed. A lot of companies have changed the way things happen. The arrival of the new play exchange 
has changed the way that companies find work and availability of work. So we're actually working on transitioning a little bit from us as a collective group of a thousand playwrights sending out 30,000 scripts in one month to this collection of, you know, whatever hundred places get listed or whatever, which is good and bad, um, to having people focus much more on thoughtful marketing. So working on say today's the day you're going to work on your resume and this is the day you're going to work on building a contact with a local director and things like that. I don't know if it's totally caught on with the group yet, but it's the direction we need to move. Otherwise we're actually doing potential damage to the market and we don't want to do that. <laughs> right. I know. Um, I, I, I've seen in the group before where um, theaters just aren't expecting it, especially the smaller theaters that are just starting a festival the first time. Yeah. And then when it hits the playwright binge group is like every playwright in that group is going to send you a script. So these little, little theaters are getting all these scripts. Like we don't have enough readers for this. What's going on? Right. What, what happened? Yeah. And it's like, they yeah. have no, they have no clue how the word got out. Yeah. Uh, and that's true. <laughs> even uh, medium sized theaters. Like I, I think playwrights, uh, especially aspiring playwrights who are really getting serious about sending the workout, they know about this, but I think the larger theatrical realm still doesn't quite know that we're there. So they are often surprised to get, two or 300 scripts like overnight, like yeah. the thing goes out and then boom, everybody's like, yeah, that, that's what I have really well. It's a, it's a, it's a great group. So yeah, all the, all the writers out there listening, if you're not familiar with the playwrights binge, uh, you know, j join the group and, and there's submission opportunities to come up. What are the two big months that we call submission months? Isn't it? Uh, it's March, March and September, March and September. But there's also little things that come up throughout the year oh, yeah. when, when people hear about it. But March and September is like every day. <laughs> everyone is is uh, my, my email box like fills up just because I'm getting yes. everyone's uh, responses. But but no, it's it's a great, great group. I love the, the like you said, the camaraderie of everyone. Everyone's pulling for each other. Uh, you know, it's, it, it is competition, but you know, it's friendly competition. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so very much. So. And I think we really focus on the supportive nature of it that, you know, I think there's a lot of congratulations when things go out, we want people to send to post to the list when something good is happening. Um, and so, and I think people are worried about too much traffic in your inbox. Most of the year, it's not, it's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two months of the year. It's a lot though. It's less than it used to be. I think as we've changed our focus and as opportunities have dried up. Right, right. Uh, all right. So other than uh, your play, Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore, being performed in Augusta, Georgia, what do you have? Well, what do you have coming up of, of plays that you've written where people can go and, uh, and, and see it in a theater near them? Um, let's see. I think Santa Doesn't Live Here Anymore might have another performance in Miami in Spanish. Uh, oh, but I think that might be done. That was kind of fun to <laughs> know that it was happening, that you were doing an English version. There was a Spanish version happening. That was kind of fun. Um, I have a reading of a play coming up in March in Northampton, Massachusetts, of a play called Mox Knox. It's a full-length play uh, that's a lot of an interesting play about sisterhood and climate change. And then in... Uh, in Boston, we'll have a show running at Old North Church next summer for 10 weeks uh, called Revolution's Edge. And so that'll run June through August. I'll play in Northampton in June uh, called um, Pulling at the Edge, three one-act plays around Northampton history. And then this play, Light Under the Dome, in August at the State House in Massachusetts. Uh, it'll be it's just it's a play to see in an amazing place. We'll only probably ever do it eight times. Um, so it's the kind of thing you're like, if you, if you're around, don't miss your ticket. 
Man, that is great. You, so your your twenty twenty four is already all booked up with all your plays being performed. It sounds like. Yes, yes. We twenty twenty four is a pretty busy year. Yeah, and, and our company, uh, I can already tell you, we've got two big productions in twenty five, and twenty six is starting to fill up. So yeah, we look two three years out sometimes for stuff. Awesome. So the as far as your theater companies, where could people find that information? Just on your personal website, or yeah, go ahead and throw, uh, throw if that. If they out went to playsinplace.com, okay, uh, that get that'll take them right there, and they can kind of see what we're up to. I highly recommend if they're in our area to get on the mailing list, the email list, because the sell the shows, the limited run shows sell out really fast. So, but if they're on our list, you can know about it. Um, and that helps a lot. The 10 week runs, those tend not to sell out as fast, though we've had long runs before where it's like, it's hard to get a ticket. <laughs> Very nice. And uh, what is your own? Uh, the, are you active with your own personal website and social media and all that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Gabridge.com is my personal site, and that has lots of links to lots of plays and projects and things like that. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram um, in kind of PatrickGabridge.com or PatrickGabridge on Instagram. and moving off of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think a lot of us are. Yeah. I think we're gone. Trying out threads. All right, Patrick, it was, it was nice having you. Like I said, uh, thanks for letting us do this wonderful little play. Uh, I got to have you back on a fourth time. I think I owe you a jacket if I get you on four times or, or owe you something. <laughs> That's good. I, well, think. I got some, I like the Christmas comedy thing. This is a lot of fun too. We have, there are more in the hopper. So yeah, I would love to be back for sure. <laughs> All right, well, keep creating, keep writing, keep doing all that cool stuff, and uh, hopefully we'll be collaborating again soon. I love that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening. And if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, send an email to info at gatherbythegostlight.com or contact the playwright directly at his website, gabridge.com. And if you'd like to have some cool Gather by the Ghost Light merchandise, t-shirts are available at the merchandise link in the show notes, along with the year one and year two books, which are both also available at Amazon. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard. Let us know, please. Leave us a rating or a review in all the places that you can. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghost Light on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. Don't forget, submit your script to our inaugural play festival by December 31st. And all you guys, please have a great holiday season. Have a happy new year. All that cool stuff. Whatever you're doing, I hope it's the best time of your life. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost lights. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.